Hey friends, welcome to the Collide Midweek Podcast. These episodes are recorded every Wednesday night at our midweek gathering for those of you who may have missed it or just want to hear it again. We hope that the following episode encourages you to know, grow, and go in your faith. Defining the relationship. Week one, we talked about how what? We're stop, stop looking for the one and start becoming the one. Until you get this straight, until you get the vertical relationship with God right in your life, what's going to happen? There's going to be, man, ditches and pitfalls and all kinds of things in your life because you're going to be searching for it in another person. So before we even engage in the dating conversation, what do we say? Man, start becoming the one that someone would want to marry one day. What does that look like? Pursuing godliness in every area of your life. And if those around you are hindering you from doing that, well, you need to have a DTR talk with those folks and with God and say, all right, these people are holding me back. This relationship is holding me back. And in a loving, kind way, sometimes I told you the story about a lot of people in my life, guys, that I, I don't run with anymore. I don't hang with. I love them. I pray for them. But I had to do some DTR conversations with God in my life. And first it came from, am I a fan or a follower of Jesus? That was the first conversation we had in week one. And then last week we talked about, you know what? That unless you're passionately in pursuing Jesus as your what? Lord and Savior, right? It's going to be, you're going to have a hole and a void in your life that can only be filled by Jesus. None of those people are going to do anything like that for you. That's not what they were designed for. So unless you're wholeheartedly pursuing Jesus with all that you have, you're going to have a void in your life if you expect to get that from another person. So tonight we jump into week three. Tonight, guys, is going to be, I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, I'm already against the clock. But we're going to roll. Tonight's going to be, look at me. Tonight's going to be really hard, but tonight's going to be really, really, really practical. If you will lean in and apply these things, I promise you it will change the way that you do relationships, that you date. Listen, some of you guys aren't even thinking about dating right now. Praise be to God. Stay as single as you can. Stay what? Man, stay completely, wholly devoted to God until God brings you into that season of your life. So you go, well, why do I even need to take notes tonight, KB? Because you're going to be here one day. And you need, to, you need to have these principles in your life. Some of you guys are thinking about it right now. So this is going to be like, man, this was for me. God was speaking to me tonight. Some of you guys are already dating in here. Praise be to God. I love you. Right? You know that what? Nobody's cheering you on more than KB. But I hope you know that you can always text me and come to me when you have questions. And if there's things that I see and you're, you're a follower of Jesus and things that I see that don't align with his word, I love you enough to say something. And something might hurt tonight that I say, but it's God and his grace loving you. And what? Maybe tonight some of us would have to look in the mirror and go, how am I doing with all of that tonight? But here's kind of our starting point question as we jump in. Do you want God's wisdom? Do you want wisdom when it comes to dating and relationships? Before we even get into the practical stuff, do you want the wisdom? Guys, you've got to answer this question because if not, you're what? You're already checked out on me and you're already going, I got this figured out. I don't need God's help. I'm going to do me for the rest of my life. It worked for this person. It seems to work for that person. I'm good. Guys, please do not have that posture in your life. Please want God's wisdom. 
Man, Paul says it like this in Ephesians 5, not on your outline, just on the screen. Look carefully then how you walk. Students, you are walking through your teenage years. Look carefully then as you, as you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Do you want wisdom? Paul says you need to walk wisely, making the best use of the time. Guys, you have four years. They're an incredible four years. But if you get dating and relationships wrong, you're going to have so many regrets. You're going to fall in so many holes like I did. And you're going to go, well, what do I do now? Yes, there's grace on the other side of that. And we'll get to that tonight. But man, what if you decide from the get-go, I want God's wisdom. I want to know what he says. Making the best use of your time. Can you see it? Can you see graduation day? Can you see it? And you don't have pain and you don't have regret and you don't have stress and anxiety and baggage and worry because you've done dating and relationships wrong. You get to graduation and you look out, right? And you just what? Man, everybody was your friend in that school. Everybody was your friend in that church. Everybody's your friend in this county. Everybody's your friend on social media. And you just go, man, I, I love Jesus and I don't care who knows about it. What if you did this with your life? Making the best use of your time because the days are evil. Guys, you have an enemy that hates you. He wants you to do dating relationships wrong. He wants you to get physical too fast. He wants you to put labels on it so you forget, you take your mind out of it, and you just what? You choose to do it your way, the world's way. No, no, no. Not at this church and not on my watch. You're going to get in God's word and we're going to do this right. So what is wisdom? Where do we get it? On the screen, not on your outline. Wisdom begins with the fear of God. Guys, do you have a healthy fear of God? You could write in the margins. I left you a little space on the bottom, on the backside of your outline. So I asked you, do you want wisdom? Well, what is it? It begins with the fear of God. And what's the fear of God? Here it is. Seeing God for who he truly is and submitting my entire life to him. Do you see God for who he is? Do you love him? Do you see his father, creator, friend, Lord, savior, your everything? Do you see that he loves you? But do you also see that he's God and you're not? Guys, I live in fear and awe of him. You know what word I use way too much and I probably text you guys a lot too. Hey, that's awesome. How you doing? You're doing awesome, awesome. This Guys, do you know what that word awesome means? To be awestruck by something where it just flattens you out. Like KB should not use that pizza was awesome and God is awesome in the same breath. They're nowhere near each other in the same category. God is awesome. He is to be feared. But when you see him for truly who he is and what he's done for you through his son, and then you submit your life to him, and guess what's involved in your life? Your teenage years and your dating years if you choose that. Guys, it comes down to this basic, fundamental question of life. When you look at it, like you're sitting in here tonight, and I hope you ask this question, why did God make you? Why did God make me? He didn't have to. Why did God make you? Guys, so basic. Before we went, wisdom, fear of God, you got to get the heart of God first. Like, he didn't need you. He doesn't need me. He made you as the object of his love so that you would love him so much that it would ooze out into every relationship in your life. And then you would do what? You would live all your days to know him and to make him known. And that's in dating. That's in friendship. That's in marriage. That's in childbearing when you get there. All of that. So why did God make you? I'm glad you asked. Colossians 1.16. All things were created through him 
and for him. Students, you must get this before we go into dating tonight. You were made for God. Karen's working overtime back there. Like when she saw the outline, she must have went, KB's really got this many blanks tonight and this many slides. Yes, because I'm so passionate about this. I want you to get this right. And then I want you to go to small group. And I want you to be open, transparent, and seek God's wisdom. And man, love God for who he is. But you've got to know that you were made for God. You're the object of his love. You were made for him. He made you because he wanted to, because he loves you. You've got to get this relationship right from the start before we even talk about dating. If you're not pursuing a relationship with God, then you do not need to pursue a relationship with someone else. Let's just call it what it is. Let's just be honest and say, if you're not pursuing a relationship with God, the one who made you, did that person that you're pursuing a relationship, did they make you? No, they did not. They're beautiful. They're a child of God. They're a sister of the king, the daughter of the king. They're a sister in Christ. They're a brother. They're a son of the king. They're a brother in Christ, but they did not make you. Only one did. And if you're not pursuing that relationship first, guys, you're not ready to date. Three big questions we must ask tonight before we even talk about dating. Not on your outline on the screen. Number one, am I pursuing an everyday relationship with Jesus? Start right there. If it's yes, advance to question two. Will this dating relationship help me love Jesus? Guys, if you got the first one, if it was a no on the first one, man, I love you. You are welcome here. If you're not a Christian in here tonight, I love you. You are welcome here. What a beautiful night to come and go. What does God think about relationships and dating relationships? We're so thankful that you're here. Whoever invited you, I love you. Yes, Ryan, I am glad to. Are you pursuing an everyday relationship with Jesus? Will this dating relationship help me love Jesus? And then you must go to the next one. Because God has made you what? He, we, last week, he's made you for community. He's made you for relationships. Will this dating relationship help the other person love Jesus more too? Guys, if you don't get through those, if you got a no on a couple of those, you better pump the brakes. You better stop and you better go back up to the top of your outline and ask God for wisdom. If you get yeses on all those, I told you this in week one, you need to have a personal conversation with your parents at home. And I'll take it a step further. God has placed 35 small group leaders around you every single week. Invite them into the equation too. They've got wisdom and they've got love and their parents and some of them are young in the faith. Some of them have been chasing Jesus for a long time. Some of them are college students. Man, God has placed them all here for a reason because they love Jesus and they can give you wisdom on all of these topics. But first you start with your parents. You start at home. This is a home decision, but I'm your pastor and I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. Guys, we've got to answer those. And what does the Bible say about you and me? Is that we were made for community. We were not made to be alone. We were made for community, and communities form around causes. We're going to get to causes in a minute, but communities follow, or they form around a cause, right? We're in here tonight because we're after the cause of Jesus Christ, Him and His name glorified. We preach the cross in, in the resurrection of Jesus. Easter's coming, right? Christmas just came. 
We know Good Friday's coming. It was a terrible Friday for Jesus, but he went to the cross for you. We know Easter summer, Sunday's coming. Guys, this is our cause tonight. We rally around the banner of God's word and love and man, unity and faith, right? What's it say on my sweatshirt? We better be living this. If we're not living this, then somebody come tell me. If you don't feel like you're in a family, you tell your small group leader, you come tell me tonight and we'll handle it tonight because we represent the Lord Jesus Christ. This is our cause so that teenagers would what? With reckless abandon, chase Jesus all their days with joy. They wouldn't waste their life. They would live their life for the glory of God. And as believers, our communion revolves around Jesus. A community has a communion, right? What do they believe? What do they rally around? Our communion revolves around Jesus. Ephesians chapter 4, Paul brings us, we're going to talk about dating now, to this thing called relationships and community. Look at verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Guys, this is what we're doing every week. We want unity and we want to build each other in the faith. We want to learn God's word, learn God's word, and just have it be what? The filter by which we look at the lens of the world. To mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children. Come on, teenagers. We're growing up, right? Let's grow up. Let's love Jesus, right? No playing games, man. This faith thing is serious. God sent his son for you. He loves you, and I love you. I'm going to hold you accountable. I'm going to teach you, but you know no one's going to love you more than me. Man, these things are hard. Here's what happens when you're a child. You're tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, right? You could put so much from our culture right there in those things. What's the devil want you to follow? And then Paul says, rather, speaking the truth in love, we, agree, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Man, that's a community of faith. Man, that's beautiful. And I know you go, what does that have to do with dating and relationships? Because everything starts with your relationship with Jesus. If you don't, guys, if you don't view a young lady as what? A daughter of the king and a sister in Christ that you are to what? Speak the truth in love to her? That you're to, man, grow up and together in maturehood to grow in the faith. Well, then what are you doing? Right? She's not an object of your pleasure. She's a beautiful child of God made in the image of God's girls. We can say the same thing. Is right? Is he is your brother. He's a son of God. And we're going to talk about in a minute kind of some different, right? Like just some different things from scripture that we have to make sure we agree on before we do anything. But the first kind of category we're going to go through tonight is what kind of person should you date? If you got yeses on all those and you got a yes from mom and dad and your small group leader, and this is something in your high school years that you want to pursue, well, then I'm going to give you wisdom and I'm going to help you. So what kind of person should you date? Number one, someone with the same cause. You remember we talked about cause just a few minutes ago. 
Does that person have the same cause as you? A motive, a reason for living? Like what's their why? Why do they exist? Do they just exist to kind of go through high school and get as many boyfriends and girlfriends as they can? No, like what's their cause? What's behind their life? What gets them out of bed in the morning? Do they have the same cause as you? Do they have the same allegiance as you? Is their allegiance Jesus? Guys, Paul is speaking to a church here. I speak as your pastor tonight to believers in the room. If you are not a believer in the room, I love you. I'm speaking to you, all of you, which most of you are. I've baptized probably half of you. Is that if you're a Christian, you're called to do dating differently. Not for me. I hold you to that standard because I love you by almighty God, because he says you do relationships my way, because when you do it right, it puts me on display to the world. Remember, that's why you were made. Does the person you want to date have the same cause? Do they, do they have the same allegiance, which is Jesus? Do they have that same pursuit with their life of Jesus? Secondly, someone with character. Guys, someone who passionately pursues God and the things of God. Do they have character in their life? Man, you can look around on Friday night and man, I hope you guys and girls took notice and went, man, I want to date somebody. I want to marry somebody that comes to serve at night to shine prom every single year because you know there's something different about them. To serve, to love, to give, to have that joy. Ladies, I want you to find a Psalm 1 man. Let me read this for you. I want you to find a Psalm 1 young man. This is what a Psalm 1 young man looks like. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Do you want a husband that's going to bear fruit in each season with his trees planted by this, the word of God every single day to lead you? Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. But not the wicked. They are like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly. For the Lord watches over, here you go, the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. Oh, the joys of the young man who what? Who delights in the law of the Lord and meditates on it day and night. Guys, I got you too. You ready? Guys, you find a Proverbs 31 young lady. Man, I love this. Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her, and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. Praise be to God. Guys, do not settle until you find a godly young woman who loves Jesus more than you do. Number three, someone with whom you have chemistry. And not chemistry class, chemistry. Okay? You can laugh. I know this is serious. Sometimes you need to laugh and go, KB, KB loves me. Someone with whom you have chemistry. No, not that she's hot or he's hot or he looks good in a baseball uniform. Let me ask you a question. What about their theology? What about their theology? What do they believe about God? What about their heart? Is it somebody that you have fun with, conversation with, common interests? They have their eyes on Jesus. Guys, they better have both of these last two or you better start over. If they don't have character and you don't have chemistry with them, 
Well, then what? They probably don't have the same cause as you. Somebody that you have chemistry with. Guys, somebody that what? Man, you can just... Guys, you know what, what word is used in the, in the Bible? The Greek word that's used for husband and wife is this word that I can't pronounce. And guess what it means, the root of it means? It means best friend. Tracy is my best friend. Shane and Janet are best friends. Daniel and Sarah are best friends. We could go on and on and on in this room as you see that. They genuinely love being with each other. Guys, before you start dating, you don't look at the outward. You look at the inward. Does this person, is, are they fun? Do they point me to Jesus? Do they care about me? Guys, no person can complete you. Guys, one of the, one of the dangers in modern dating is the tendency to adopt a consumer mentality rather than a companion mentality. A consumer mentality says what? I'm looking for six foot two, right? Gets good grades, saves a lot of money, or she does this at school, she does this. Guys, that's a consumer mentality that says, what can that person do for me? What is a what? A companion mentality says what? Man, are they godly? Do they point me to Jesus? Do they care about me? Guys, the goal of Christian marriage is to find someone to love not a product to consume. To find someone you love and have chemistry with, someone with character, and somebody with the same cause. Look at this quote from Ben Stewart. I love this. The purpose of dating is not to find completion as an individual, but to find a person of great character and with whom you have great chemistry so you can run into the future God has for both of you. Praise be to God. Take a picture of it. Girls, print it off, write it, put it in your Bible. Guys, put it on your wall at home. The purpose of dating, not to find completion, but to find someone that you have what? Has great character and you have great chemistry with, so you run into the future together with God. Second part, how do we date? What kind of person should you date? Secondly, how do we date? You date with clarity. Guys, you date with clarity. Look at 1 Timothy 5.2. I just referred to this earlier. Guys, if you're not married, and none of you are in here except the leaders, right? Look at what Paul says to Timothy. Treat older women as you would your mother, and treat younger women with all purity as you would your own sisters. Guys, she is like when you put a dating relationship stamp on something like boyfriend and girlfriend... Guys, it just makes things so much more confusing, right? But there's like, when you date with clarity, there needs to be a clear entry and a clear exit. Like you need to have clear conversations about, right? Like, hey, are we chasing Jesus? What are the expectations here? We get into so many problems about like, didn't text me at this hour, didn't talk before we went to bed, right? Talk to this person at school. Guys, when you do it God's way, you got to have clarity to say right from the get-go, we're going to do it God's way, and you are my friend. This is a friendship first. You see, when you put a dating relationship on things, what is it? Like, somehow you think sometimes, guys, I was there, is that what that, that person now owes you something, right? It's like, guys, you're not married. When you're dating somebody, you are not married. God, believers in Jesus do not need to play games in dating relationships, you need to be clear with your expectations. You need to ask them their expectations. It starts with clarity and what? There needs to be a clear exit. If this is not pursuing and going towards Jesus, 
Hey, I love you. I love you enough as a sister in Christ to say what? Just like Paul said, right? You are my sister in Christ. You are not my wife. I love you. I respect you. I honor you. I think we just need to kind of pump the brakes and be friends right here. Number two, you date with autonomy. You date with autonomy. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? Guys, there's a word in there called yoke, right? And it's not something that you probably text your friends and it's not something you probably see a lot. A yoke was a device, it was a farming device, where you would take a yoke and put it on two animals and if you put it over their necks, plowing a field, if they're headed in the same direction, they get double the work done, right? But what Paul said, or excuse me, what, yeah, what Paul's saying here is, right, is like you wouldn't put a bull with like a little goat. You wouldn't yoke them because they're unequally yoked. They couldn't get the work done. So as believers, as believers in Jesus, you are to what? You should be dating another believer in Jesus. Now, I know what you're saying, KB. That sounds judgmental. Guys, nobody loves more than me. You know that. And at least I try to. So unbelievers, people in your school, right? Guys, you can't fix the person that you're dating. That's not your job. Okay? When you're dating, you should date with autonomy to go, what? Remember, it goes back to cause. But man, we pray for them if they're unbelievers. We love them. You're friends with everybody at school. But when it comes to now I'm sharing my heart with somebody and I'm sharing intimate things and time and conversations and right, trying to be see if we have chemistry, guys, you better be very, very careful. You see, we use the terms boyfriend and girlfriend, but make sure as you do, keep in mind and remind each other, I have no rights over that person. Guys, just because someone is your boyfriend or girlfriend, you have no rights over them. You have no claim on their life. That person is not yours. She is a daughter of God and your sister in Jesus, and you should treat her as such. Girls, flip it around. It's the same way. Guys, but what? Do not be yoked. Guys, if you're trying this, it's just not going to work. You just you wouldn't put that bowl right with the goat. You would what? Man, when you're chasing after Jesus, man, you got two what? Man, two Right? People that just love Jesus and they're yoked together. What happens? Man, you get so much more work done and it's clear and the boundaries are there. Guys, date with autonomy. Number three, date with purity. Date with purity. Look at 1 Thessalonians 4. Paul says, God's will is for you to be holy. So stay away from all sexual sin. Guys, Purity means to be different, to be set apart, to be holy. Paul says right here, you want to know what God's will for your life is? To be holy, set apart for him. And, right, what's the one thing in life for a human that's the hardest thing, right? Is what? All sexual sin is like the most, all right, it's so hard, guys. You see how it's so hard in life and it just distorts relationships. Man, why? Because, guys, when you talk about this word sex, Guys, it's so, and guys, just please bear with me. Just please listen because I love you. Guys, sex is a gift from God. It's a beautiful thing. When you look in the Bible, at the first book of the Bible, Genesis, what does it say? Now get this right. God chooses to make Adam and Eve so the love was made and placed on them and they walk with him beautifully in the garden, 
right? So the relationship starts with God, and then what? They like each other. It's not good for man to be alone. First marriage happens. There you go. There's the second part of the equation. And then it says what? Adam knew Eve. They made love. And on the other side of that, what a beautiful gift is. Now you have children that come into the world. But do you see how the equation works? In the playing field, guys, if this was God's design for sex on this carpet right here, our society says you can kind of do whatever you want, kind of teeter the line and do all of that. God says, no, the freedom is found right here. Guys, God made sex. Yay, God. Man, I love you, God. That's awesome. Under what? Under the banner of marriage between one man and one woman, under the covenant of marriage for a lifetime. But where is it? It's right here. And in dating relationships, when we push the barrier too far, what do we do? How far is too far? Guys, if you're asking that question, that's the wrong question. Stop asking that question. Say, how can I be pure and holy, like Paul says right here, because of this love that God placed me in? Guys, I'm telling you. Guys, when you wait and you do it God's way, man, it's beautiful. Guys, I've said this before, right? And it might sound odd for my children, but they love me, and we talk about this a lot is that Matthew and Mallory, Tracy and I didn't decide to have children. Tracy and I decided, right, in the covenant of marriage that we love each other, and what? Out of that came children designed to be what? Matthew and Mallory are designed to be worshipers of God, not children that I just made that we made. No, they are gifts from God. They are arrows to be launched, but they are what? They are worshipers first. Sex is a beautiful gift given by God, but students... Man, date with purity. Run from any chance of this, right? You need to talk to your parents. You need to talk to your small group leader. Whatever those boundaries are, right? We're not dating in the dark. We're not laying on couches watching movies, right? Guys, I could give you a list that could go on and on and on of all the ways I did this wrong in high school. And why do I tell you? You might feel like it's awkward and you might be squirming in your seat and place. Please stop talking about it. But guys, no one told me this when I was 17, I laid on whatever couch I wanted to with whoever I was dating. Guys, and it set my life back so many years. And guess what? When I married Tracy, she didn't ask for the relational baggage that I brought to our wedding day. She didn't ask for it. Praise be to God. There's grace and forgiveness on the other side of the cross. But you remember our question a few weeks ago? Who's on the other side of your obedience? Who's on the other side of you doing your dating relationship right now is your future spouse and your children. Guys, please date with purity. Please run from everything that tempts you. Write this down. Dating is the process of evaluating whether or not we're supposed to run our race with someone for a lifetime. Uh, we're landing the plane. I got one more section to get through. I'm sweating up here because I love you and I love Jesus and I want you to get this right. Dating is the process of evaluating whether or not we're supposed to run our race with someone for a lifetime. What kind of person should I date? Someone with the same cause, someone with character, someone with whom you have chemistry. How do you date? You date with clarity. You date with autonomy. You date with purity. Now the last section we're going to go through is love versus lust. Guys, if we don't talk about this before you go to small group, our society gets this wrong all day long because you have an enemy who hates you. This is what God says love is. Love is patient. 
and love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Guys, find you a young lady that will love you like that. And girls, you find you a young man that will love you like that. Because you know what these qualities that Paul is talking about here? He's explaining Jesus Christ. Jesus is what? Patient and kind and doesn't envy. So you, I'm not going to read it again. But you guys, do you see what love is? Love is selfless. Lust is selfish. Love is selfless. Lust is selfish. Love says you before me. Lust says me before you. I care about what I want and I'm going to get what I want first. And what? You look all around society Man, and it what? Look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 18. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against Him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. All right? But here it is. Here's love. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly and righteous and holy. Praise be to God. Man, let's have a generation of teenagers that sign up for the second half of those verses, not the first part. Guys, and before we go anywhere, we're going to talk about the elephant in the room for a minute. We already talked about one, and it's sex. You do it God's way. It's beautiful, okay? If you've fallen, right, if you've fallen in this, right, there is grace and forgiveness at the cross, but it stops tonight. The other elephant in the room that we need to talk about is this subject called pornography. Just real quick before you go to group. Pornography. Images, pictures, okay? Anything written that shows sexual acts for the purpose of your enjoyment. Guys, when I was growing up, some of you guys know my story. My cousin that lived about two hours away, he was about 10 years older than me. We would go hang out. He was older than me, so obviously looked up to him, wanted to kind of play the sports like him, wear his clothes and all that. I wandered into his closet one day, and I went, wandered into this stack of magazines. They were pornography magazines. Back when KB was growing up, yeah, I'm losing my hair. I'm getting old. You guys are making me lose my hair. I love you. I'll lose my hair for you. But what? You, you had to look at a magazine for pornography. And guys, I had never seen anything like it in my life, and it what? It completely wrecked me. I still cannot get those images out of my mind. And now what? Guys, I know. Girls, I know. You have more access to it than any generation. It's right there on your phone. It's right there on your computer. But guys, anything that causes you to keep secrets, to have a distorted view of sex, to make you numb to sin, guys, you got to run from it. You got to kill it dead. This is God's design for relationships and love, right? And pornography just distorts it. And guys, this is a safe place for you. If you need help, to please come. Please come to me and pull me aside and say, KB, I need some help. Male or female. Here's four steps. They're not on your outline, but I want you guys to see it because I want you to know it. If you struggle with this, you got to come clean. You got to get help. You got to em embrace God's grace and you got to set up boundaries in your life. 
Guys, that one look at that magazine sent me off for a couple years of my life that wrecked my life. Guess what my heart couldn't wait to do? Look at me, students. My heart couldn't wait for my mom and dad to say, we're going back to visit this person's house. Something happened inside of me. I wanted to get back to that closet. I wanted to get back to that magazine. And praise be to God, one summer when I went back, all those magazines were gone. I pray somebody burned them to the ground. But they wrecked and distorted my life. And no one in my high school and college years said, come clean, get some help, embrace God's grace, and set up boundaries. Guys, there is grace and forgiveness at the cross. Any of this tonight that you've seen where you go, KB, I'm not doing that right. Here's the God that loves you. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's you. That's me. All of that relational baggage that I brought into my wedding with Tracy and my marriage to Tracy, man, I laid it one day at the feet of Jesus and man, God's grace showered over me and praise be to God. But I had to make a decision right then and there. It stopped. I was going to love my wife with reckless abandon. I knew that maybe God was going to have me to be a father one day. I was going to try to be the best father to the grace of God. But guys, I had to hit my knees and confess. And now here's what happens when you confess and Satan whispers to you in your car ride on the way home tonight. You remind him of this. Say this verse back to him. Romans 8.1. Now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. You get on your knees and you confess and then you remind Satan that there's no condemnation. His language is condemnation, shame and guilt and all of that. The language of your father that loves you is what? conviction in love so that you turn the other way and you change guys see the love and embrace the conviction and the grace of god here's your bottom line before you leave and go to group leaders i'm sorry you got to make short work and i love you and i know that you will have incredible conversations here's your big idea tonight stop comparing your story to those in movies on television or social media let god write your love story hand him the pen you have an enemy who hates you and he tries to distort love through movies, right? And social media and all of this stuff, television. You let God write your love story. You go back through this outline and you say, am I doing all of these things? God, where do I need help? Where do I need your wisdom? You come to KB, you come to your leaders that love you. And we will what? We will confess. We will what? We will get conviction and not condemnation and you get grace and forgiveness and love and you walk forward in, remember this? This is where freedom is. Freedom's not out here, guys. This is what happens at my school. This is what happens in that relationship that I see. This is freedom right here. When you live being who God made you to be, let me pray for you. God, we love you. Hard conversation tonight, but man, your word is beautiful. Everything begins with fear in you. Everything begins with seeing you for who you truly are and how much you love us and how when we submit to you with our whole life, man, that's freedom. God, if they're in this season of dating, God, would they go through this and just devour your word and go, does that person have the same cause? Do they have character? Do I have chemistry with them? Is there too many expectations or is there no clarity? Like, I don't know what to do, what we're supposed to do. There's no communication. They get mad if I don't text or do this or that. I need clarity, God. Help me to bring clarity. God, help us to date with autonomy and just see the beauty 
and chasing after you with other believers. And we pray for those who don't know you and we love them and we befriend them and we tell them about Jesus. God, we date with purity. We're holy and different and set apart for your glory. We want our lives to matter. And God, help us to understand truly what love is. Love is selfless and lust is selfish. Lust says me before you, but love says we see it at the cross where Jesus looked down and said you before me. That's the love that we want written on every teenager's heart when they think about dating. Speak through our small group leaders now. In Christ's name I pray, amen.